Welcome to the second season of the Abundance Manifestors podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Tar Martinez, and welcome back to yet another season of Manifesting Abundance together. I am so excited to kick off the season with Ted Vong, who is a founder and CEO of Regenic Skin Labs. He holds two bachelor's degrees, he has two master's degrees, and he is just such a delight. I can't wait for you all to meet him. Here is Ted. Hello. Hey, Olivia. What's up, guys? happy to be here. What an exciting time. Thank you so much for being here. So I notice in the background of your video, there's something very cool back there. What is that? So we're actually in my office in Beverly Hills. It's called the Regenic Skin Labs. Uh, We just put up this sign not too long ago. Uh, One of our co-founders, John, put this up. It looks great. looks super fresh, but we're really excited. So we are a full-fledged skin center and a center of excellence for, I don't know, SoftWave, which is a new innovative FDA-approved like lifting device and ultra clear. That's awesome. I love the work that you guys are doing. I'm always in support of entrepreneurs, small business owners, big business owners. It's, It's crazy because we both come from generations of entrepreneurs, right? And let the listeners know, where does this start? Who is Ted? I grew up in San Marino. I went to San Marino High. I a small little town in the middle of nowhere. Uh, it's awesome. It's fun. Um, it's cozy. And, you know, was brought up by my grandma, uh, which was a Chinese-Vietnamese, you know, immigrant here in the U.S. And it's been, you know, such a journey, right? You know, the first part of my life, I, it's all, like, cultural. And now I'm like, oh, this is, like, the most American I've ever been. Well, San Marino might be a small town in the middle of nowhere, but it's a mighty small town in the San Gabriel Valley. And I also grew up there and we were both raised by our grandmothers, right? Which is part of the American immigrant experience. And Ama was definitely my caretaker. That's why we both speak Chu Chow, right? We're both like the Jun Gaki Nung. And that's, that's the experience we had. And what about your parents? What, what did they do? So both of my parents are also entrepreneurs, right? And so my mom and dad, they actually started a clothing line in the 80s. And my dad was, uh, you know, a very uh, prolific, uh, prominent, like, fashion designer in the time. You know, Chinatown, San Francisco was one of the first shops he started off. You know, he always talks about how he went to school with, you know, Kenneth Cole back in the time. And he was, like, a very rising fashion designer. My mom was just, like, a really sharp charismatic saleswoman and uh, business person so they work together and you know I, I think that's after they or split up my dad ended up having a clothing uh, company in Vietnam and in Hong Kong and it was you know at one point I remember you know he had over like 22 different like shops and locations and had one universal like clothing brand and in, in Vietnam it was actually called Dep. so you know Dep means beauty and it was the same symbol like and simplicity of gap yeah very similar you know and it was awesome so it was really cool to see my dad do that and spent a lot of summers in vietnam folding clothes you know and uh learning the trick of the trade i guess 
That's crazy, Ted, because our family also sold clothes and my dad was also designing clothes. His brand was called Roy and Rain. It was really popular in the 80s. And we also traveled back and forth between here and Vietnam, here in Nicaragua. They were manufacturing clothes and we were even selling clothes on the street, especially my siblings. They sold a lot of clothes on the weekends at the swap meet or selling stuff in downtown L.A., yeah, I bonded with your brother over that story, like on Santee Alley in downtown LA. I'll I'll go up, like I'll get dropped off with off a I'll get dropped off at seven thirty a.m. on a Saturday morning. I I'll walk out of a Toyota Sienna and I'll have to install a clothing rack by myself and hang up clothes and sell T-shirts three for ten. <laughs> and I'm sure you fold clothes really well too, right? I think a lot of people from Vietnam, I feel like they fold really, really particularly and. I've just seen it in my grand, my grandma. I see it in my aunts, and you know, and I think they smile really happily when I can fold really quick and really neat. So <laughs> it's like a way to help out around the house. That's so true. And I don't know if it was the same in your house, but we were also expected to like help out with orders and fulfilling orders too, right? Get a garment, you flip it inside out, and you get little scissors just to cut off little loose threads, little loose threads, fold it back, take it back in, you know, and then fold it and then pack it in a, pla uh, a plastic sleeve of cellophane or, you know, and just package it out. And I remember my, even my grandmother here in LA, there was a good time when Charlotte, for a lot of clothing lines, she would get a, a bags of bags of garments and blouses dropped off. And she would have to sew each of them for pennies on a piece, like eight cents a piece, eight cents a piece, you know, and that's how they made their money. Oh, isn't it so sweet and admirable what our grandparents and our parents had to do and sacrifice in order for us to be where we are? I'm just so grateful and I'm so humbled by everything that they went through for just just for us to be able to speak english for us to be able to get these degrees for us to be able to live our entrepreneurial lives and that roller coaster that entrepreneurial roller coaster is just so crazy and i i want to hear about your journey what is your path and what did it look like up until now all right. So my path actually, you know, it was during the recession and it was a time when, you know, a lot of families that came up during the 90s were starting to feel the blowbacks of that bursted bubble. So I think my family was definitely one of them as well. And so to see um, to see the hardship and how it trickled down, I think at an earlier age, I think I remember what that happened in 03, 02, 04. And I think I was 13, 14, 15 at the time. And you remember picking up the, I remember my family telling me like, hey, haircuts are expensive or eating out's expensive. Don't order a drink, you know, don't uh, uh, be very mindful of how, like, you know, how many napkins you use and such and so forth. And I remember just, you know, picking up the yellow, yellow, the Chinese yellow pages back then and calling restaurants and using the, you know, Cantonese or Mandarin, what I learned and just started to introduce myself. And I remember always saying like, Hello, like, you know, in Cantonese, asking kindly if they're hiring. Some say yes, some say no. And I remember at 14, working at a seafood restaurant in the back, washing peas and veggies and snapping all the string beans, you know. And so that was the first time I think that I knew I'd learned like the value of working for someone else outside of your family 
and what it was like to make three fifty an hour because you're an underage kid at fourteen. You know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very, very, very uh, constructive, and so that taught me the value of hard work. And since then, you know, it led me to uh, work. You know, after that, I went to go work at Jack in the Box in high school. Worked full time at night, zero period to fourth period during high school. You know, I was that guy who was working full time, juggling both. Um, and I remember towards college time, I wanted to go into business because I thought my family's in business. It makes sense. Most of us lean towards business because we felt like it was the right thing to do from a family of entrepreneurs. You're going to learn the basics and the foundations and carry on. But uh, but I think I, uh, I, I, I found really good inspiration being a volunteer in the hospital at night. And one of my first mentors uh, called me as a volunteer and she asked me like, after translating one night, she said, young man, what are you doing here? And I said, oh, I'm a volunteer. And she's like, but you speak so many languages here. I hear you. And I said, yeah, I speak five. And she's like, why don't you work here? And I said, here? What am I going to, I can't do anything here. And she said to me, come back tomorrow at 8 a.m. She, you need the, I'll, I'll make something for you. And she did. So nervous, so excited. Came back the next day. I remember she gave me $20 to go buy a pair of scrubs somewhere. And I remember that was just how it all started. Got inspiration there, and ever since, you know, fell into healthcare. You know, went to go get the the nursing degree, went to get the master's, went to, you know, try to be the best NP I can be. And it's been what 10, 11 years now, and it's been awesome. Been a little journey, but been so amazing. You know, got to dabble into, you know, business school with Hopkins. Got to dabble into, you know, being a, a chief strategy officer, and now entrepreneur board member. It's been awesome, you know? So it's a, it's a great path, great journey. Thank you so much, Ted, for helping us kick off the second season of the Abundance Manifestors podcast. I'm going to be putting our information in the description below. Make sure that you're all following Regenic Skin Labs on Instagram for your chance to win something special. I believe he's throwing in something just for Abundance Manifestors listeners. So please do a tune in again on Mondays right here on our podcast, Abundance Manifestors, and let's manifest even more abundance for the rest of 2023.